0: John has a new nickname. It's Maverick. We'll explain (laughs) here in a moment, but what I really wanted to get into today, John, on the Viking update show is, you know, you watch ESPN, you flip on the all sports channels and year round, what do they talk about the NFL? And what do they talk about when they talk about the NFL quarterbacks? It's quarterbacks, 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 12 months of the year. It drives me crazy. So for today's edition of the Viking update show, (laughs) Let's talk about quarterbacks.
1: Let's talk gonna about throw, quarterbacks.
0: I'm going to throw four different quarterback names at you, and we're just going to see where we are with these four gentlemen. And by the way, this is part of TalkNorth.com. Follow us on Twitter, TalkNorthPod. Uh, check out the Jeff Diamond Show. The former Vikings general manager does a show on this network. We've had Dave Lee and Mike Grimm and Nate Prosser and a bunch of other shows. Thanks for uh, helping support TalkNorth.com. Thanks to our sponsors, StarBank.net, TSR Injury Law, and Head Flyer. Flyer Brewing. Uh, But let's get into it. Uh, Four quarterbacks to talk about today, and I'm going to take them in a weird order. We're going to start with Kellen Mond. When you hear Wes Phillips and Kevin O'Connell praise Kellen Mond, a year after Mike Zimmer, didn't even want to play him in a meaningless game? Do you buy it? What do you read into it?
1: Um, Well, I I guess I'm not ready to buy it full blown yet. Um, I do think that they would have to be Just completely checked out and not doing their homework if they didn't already know that they came in to this situation and Mike Zimmer completely threw Kellen Mond under the bus, uh publicly, privately, everything that you could do. Now, maybe it'll turn out we'll find out that Kellen Mond deserved every bit of that, that he's just really isn't a good player, that he doesn't prepare that the way that he needs to, doesn't put the work in, all of those things. But Um, it, it was absolutely 100% clear that Zimmer was not on the same page, did not believe in him, did not, um, did not think that he belonged on this roster pretty much, let alone on the field, getting snaps in a game, but, uh, and, and didn't, and didn't mind telling anyone about that. I think that these guys, Kevin O'Connell, Wes Phillips, really, you know, the entire organization now. Is just much more understanding of the importance of messaging, of you know, of of being able to say what you want to say, you know, privately, but then publicly, you're back in your guys. So I don't know if they really believe that Mike Zimmer's evaluation of Kellen Mond was just way off base, that he can really have a bright future in this league, and that they can develop him into you know a quarterback that can win games for them and and all of those things, or if they are just saying what they believe they have to say. But I will say that if it's the latter, that's certainly a better tack to take than the way that Mike Zimmer did it. It just was not the right thing for him to do in that situation, no matter what you think of the player. And so I, I, I would tend to think that they are saying what they have to say, but also leaving the door open that, hey, let's give this kid a chance. Let's get him in our system Let's work with him before we make any definitive declarations one way or the other. And I think that's the smart thing to do.
0: You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. We recommend subscribing to this show or any shows you like on our network via your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. It's just the easiest way to listen. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. And once again, thanks for listening. All right. Quarterback number. And basically everything you said about Kellen in mind, I have nothing to add to that. I think that's right on. Sean Mannion. Should he be in the
1: NFL? Huh. I mean, maybe as a coach, um, <laughs> you know, I I, I don't it's harder with these backups that you don't see very often, but he just I, I'm i of the mind, especially with a veteran quarterback like Kirk Cousins, that the be, the best route for your backup quarterback is a developmental player, um, someone that is learning from behind the scenes that has a lot of upside um, that you really spend a lot of time with him, uh, really kind of grooming him and seeing if you have uh, a future with him or not. And if not, then you cut, you know, cut off, move on from Mond and, and, and go to the next guy. Um, I, I guess there is value in having someone who's experienced someone who has a good head on his shoulders, someone who probably sees the game very well. And maybe Kirk can bounce things off of and trust to, pick his brain on, on what he should be doing and not, I, I mean, that's all good, well, and good, but I just would rather see a roster spot used for something else that could make more impact uh, than, you know, anything that, that Sean Mannion is doing fairness in whatever we want to call it, is in conversation act. Um, I probably would have said the exact same thing about case Keenum, you know, years ago before yep. he turned into you know, the, the next, you know, uh, you know, Earl Morrill or whatever, whoever you want to call it go, to go way back, but like, and, and, you know, Kurt Warner coming in off the bench and leading them to the NFC title game. So it's harder to evaluate just when you don't see them as often, but there's not much that we have seen from Sean Mannion in his time here to say, Oh yeah. Like if, if they're, if the Vikings are in trouble, he can step in and hold down the fort or he can be a future quarterback for them. And in, in, in the absence of that, I just say, like, you know, move on and use that spot for something else.
0: I agree with you. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. And here's the thing about Case Keenum. He had shown games and even segments of seasons where he played great and then it would fall Mm -hmm. apart. So, I mean, there was much more upside in Keenum. Uh, There was also much more perceived downside in Keenum. And Whatever it was, coaching situation, the fact they had a great defense, he didn't have to do too much, uh, You know, give him credit. He played great for that season. But whatever it was, it worked that year, and I didn't think it would work either. Uh, I was I was writing they should bring in Kaepernick at that point, which does lead me to my next quarterback, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, you know what? I will not even fr- pose a question. Just give me your take on Colin Kaepernick right now.
1: I- I'm very happy that the Raiders are giving him a look. I think it's a great situation for him in terms of the coaching staff there with Josh McDaniels. Uh, and and I think a, a starting quarterback in Derek Carr, who is from all accounts, seems like an incredible teammate and an incredible leader. And I don't think that that Derek Carr would ever be one who would feel threatened by having Colin Kaepernick there. I think he would probably stump for Kaepernick to get a chance. And so in that respect, I think that's really, really great. Um, you know, and, and so the, here's the thing, though. He has been out of the game for so long, and I know that mm-hmm. he's kept in great shape. I know all of that, and, but there's only so much you can do. Uh, you know, I, I just wonder, at what point are you out for too long to get this chance? And that's why I wish that he would have gotten this chance several years ago. You know, and maybe he'll come through and maybe he'll look just great athletically. And maybe since his body did not take any of the pounding um, over the last four years or however long he's been out, it's been longer than that. Right. But, um, you know, hopefully he's he's good to go and just is in a real good place athletically and is able to do that. But man alive, it's been a long time since he's played and to shake off all of that rust, I got to imagine is going to be an incredible challenge for him.
0: Agreed. I think that uh, he is still better than Sean Manning. I think he's still better than most NFL backups, but will he be as sharp as he would have been if he had been playing? It? They just, professional athletes get so many reps. So and they get so many reps under uh, theoretically high end instructors. And it's just hard to replicate that. Uh, listen, I've seen enough clips. I know that he's in great shape, no doubt about it. But we also know that there's a difference between being in workout shape and in and in game shape, because in game shapes you are put in situations you can't replicate in general workouts. So it, listen, it's a it's a shame on the NFL for letting it last this long. I hope he comes back and I hope he can play well. But I think the yeah the expectations as to what he can be in the NFL are much diminished over what he could be would have been before because let's face it, before he was a starting quarterback on a team that came within one pass of winning a Super Bowl and he wasn't a program quarterback. He was a standout quarterback. Uh, So what happened to him should always disgrace the NFL.
1: Yeah, it's a a huge, and I I use this term not ironically, but it's a huge black mark on the way that the NFL is operated, on the ownership, on do I think there's collusion? I don't know that there was anyone out. I don't know that there was an expression of all 30 owners getting together in a 32 owners getting together in a, in in a meeting and saying, we are not signing him, but it definitely was a case of, we're not dealing with that. We're not picking, we're, we're not going for that. And so to, to see some of the other players who are getting second chances and third chances and all of these things, and to see some of the quarterbacks who have not only just suited up and 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 been backups on on rosters, but some who have played in actual games, and the level of embarrassment that some of those uh, quarterbacks have put on display on a field on a Sunday to not have him in any uniform um, on any roster is like sinister. It's a sinister act. Uh, by the league and by all of these collective owners to not have even given him that opportunity. And here's the the thing that I worry about, Jim, is that I worry that he comes back and he ha- he, he struggles. He goes through it and his body isn't what it used to be or, you know what, he's had his Uh, focus on much more important issues and, and other things over these last several years. And so he just doesn't have the same sharpness of mind and the quick processing that you need at the quarterback position. And he plays really poorly. And that leads to, well, see, we told you, we told you he couldn't play. We told you this was a guy who uh, didn't belong on a roster. You guys were all stumping for him, and you were all saying that he should be out there. Now look at him. He's throwing three interceptions in a preseason game. See, we told you. No, no. thats This is a totally different Colin Kaepernick who is coming into the Raiders and getting this opportunity than the guy who was fresh off of that Super Bowl run, who was still in, this, in his athletic prime, who was still... Kind of in the practices and in the games and, and, and sharp of mind and understanding the defenses and, and, and the scouting and the teams around him and had a real chance to succeed or fail. Um, this is a, a diminished Kaepernick in any way, shape, or form. If he comes back and plays well, it's going to be remarkable. Um, it's going to be an unbelievable story, but it's, it also is set up. They, they, the league has set him up to fail by waiting this long. And I just don't want to hear any of the disingenuous criticism of him. If it, this does not go well with the Raiders or if he doesn't get a chance anywhere else.
0: That is exactly right. Once again, I don't have much to add to what you already said. Kirk cousins is up next. I have a very specific question to ask John about Kirk cousins. First do want to let you know that, uh, Big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about StarBank. StarBank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at StarBank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services, you got it. Check out StarBank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares, Starbank.net, member FBIC and Equal Housing Lender. Tell us a little bit about Headflyer Brewing, Jack.
1: Headflyer Brewing, it's in northeast Minneapolis on Hennepin Avenue, Northeast, right uh, off of uh 35W exit, convenient from downtown, convenient from the from 35W. Uh they they have an unbelievable tap room show up there. It's open, it's airy. They give got uh, a great little uh, deck patio situation that you can sit outside at. You can bring your dogs. You can you can bring your own food. There's food tricks f- food trucks on occasion, but most importantly, they just have great beer. My wife and I have been going there for years, long before we had any kind of a, of a relationship with them on this show. And it's one of those ideal situations where you get to speak for a product and a company. That you really believe in, and then that's what I believe in with Head Flyer. I would recommend all of their beers to to anyone who's a brewery aficionado. They also have great uh, merchandise, shirts, hats, things like that. You can also find uh, Head Flyer beer in your local liquor stores in the metro area, or you can show up to uh, the tap room and take them home in a growler or a can as well. Bring your friends, watch uh, the NBA playoffs, watch the NHL, NHL playoffs on their TVs, just hang out with the cool bartenders and everyone there. Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis, tell them the John Krasinski Show sent you. Uh,
0: we, and we recorded the John Krasinski Show, which is our NBA and Timberwolves show, yesterday at the offices of TSR Injury Law. They've moved to a new, beautiful building. Uh, we were in Steve Terry's office. We were in their uh, their new mock drama uh, mock tr- mock trial office uh d- recording the show man it is beautiful they have the top two floors on a just a great building they got to the point where they could have the top two floors of the building at like that because they win cases they don't charge you unless they win your case they win a lot of cases if you're injured just remember 612 TSR time 612 TSR time all right Kirk Cousins so when we look at this team Defense was the main problem last year. The defense was terrible. The offense was good. Not always as good as you would want it to be, but it was generally good. Can, do you think there is another gear for Kirk Cousins?
1: Can this coaching staff get him to another level? It's possible. I'll say that. I, I can't guarantee it. I can't say that I'm I'm going to say he's absolutely going to reach another gear, but given th- what I know and, and, and the people that I've talked to about this coaching search about kind of everything surrounding the decision to part with Mike Zimmer um, and and Rick Spielman and go forward this way. I think that there was a big, I think Kirk Cousins played a big role in that. And you know you may say, well, you know, if, if this guy hasn't really won at this level, you know why do why does he deserve that kind of a voice? Well, it shows that there is real, Uh, support for Kirk Cousins internally, that they believe that in the right situation, he can be an incredibly productive and winning quarterback. Will they be right about that? I really don't know. Um, But we're about to find out because Kirk Cousins absolutely had a voice in the Kevin O'Connell hiring. Uh, He has a relationship with Kevin O'Connell dating back to Washington. Um, And so he is being put in a position that should be able to maximize his abilities. The way that he wants to communicate with coaches, Kevin O'Connell is on board with that. The general philosophies on offense and on the modern offense and what it takes to win. I think Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips are on the same page with that. So while, you know, he, Kirk Cousins did say uh, at camp this week that. He's Hey, he's still he's learning. It's like he's learning a new language. It's the first time he's really learned a new offense since his early days in Washington. So he does have a lot to learn and a lot to acclimate to. But I do think that a lot of this is being built with Kirk Cousins in mind and him at the center of it instead of, you know, the the, we got to run the ball and we got to we got to use Dalvin and we got to use Kirk Cousins as a game manager and and those types of things that that were happening with the previous regime. Um, So all I'm saying is is if it does not work out, there's no excuses anymore. Like this is this is the big year for Kirk Cousins to see if not only he can t- continue to put up big numbers, which he has done for much of his career, including in Minnesota, but now can he take another step as a leader, as a guy who manufactures wins? And that's what everyone is gonna be watching for. I think it is possible, but do I would I bet on it? I'm not at that point yet.
0: Uh, it's a little scary. Once again, you said exactly what i what I would have said. It is possible. I would not bet on it. Um, I just think Cousins has a ceiling that he bumps his head against, and it'll be fascinating. Hey, if this coaching staff can get more out of Kirk cousins, and obviously his passing stats are already good. So you're looking at be- even better passing stats, and passing stats that translate directly into victories instead of just passing stats, uh, man, they will deserve some coach of the year votes. We'll see if it can happen. Uh, Let's shift to our next topic. And that is, uh, I wrote about him last weekend. I wrote about Herschel Walker's uh, history of domestic violence, his history of violence in general, uh, his his baffling statements. Let me read you two things he just said about uh, the possibility of new gun laws being passed, John. Uh, One, What I like to do is see it and everything and stuff. That was his full quote. Another quote Mm -hmm. on gun gun laws. What about looking at getting a department that can look at young men that's looking at women, that's looking at their social media? This is a Senate candidate in a large, important state. Uh, And as I wrote about, I I thought he was a little goofy uh, at times when I covered him. But, you know, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I didn't think he was... uh, A horrible human being i didn't think he was stupid my god the more you hear about this guy the scarier he is
1: yeah it's it's absolutely ridiculous and i think like there's also i think he has i don't know if he followed through on this but he has said that he won't debate uh won't participate in debates uh for the race and obviously it's a reason right like he cannot put coherent sentences together and unfortunately you're seeing more and more of this come about maybe not with the lack of intelligence or things like that is that's clear is happening here with herschel walker but with other candidates from that party just the complete uh disassociation with reality uh you know viewing things and, and and saying things that are so far above the or over the line um that it's just remarkable and here's one thing i think that I'm linking with Herschel Walker in these recent comments is here's the bottom line. None of these people have anything to say of intelligence in defense of their position, because anytime that you, you know, that they bring up mental health, that they bring up violent video games, that they bring up, you know, other, uh, uh, these other causes for, for these mass shootings, the the reply I always give them is, there is evil in every corner of the world. there are there are deranged, there are mentally ill people in every corner of the world. There are violent video games in every corner of the world. This is the only corner of the world where we have these shootings. And there's no response to that. There is nothing. And it's instead it's just throw your hands up. well, you're not going to prevent every single um, every single one of these shootings if if, if you take these measures, and again that falls apart very quickly yeah you don't you don't prevent every one of them but maybe you prevent one maybe maybe the all 20 of those kids or 19 of those kids are alive today because that 18 year old kid could not walk into a store and buy two AR15s like maybe that maybe that's a thing maybe if the governor of that uh state it you know isn't just peacocking and and throwing out these unbelievably reckless uh tweets about how you know, we're not going to stand in the way of anyone owning a gun and all of these things. And we're going to celebrate that. And we're also going to pass laws in this state that make it easier to carry guns that you don't have to have permits for or licenses for that you don't have to have training for. And that there isn't, you know, that 18 year olds can do this. You know, that's, that's the kind of thing that just absolutely has it's the biggest reason that we keep having these and that we're going to keep having more of them. And so for Herschel Walker to get up there and him and ha and stumble over his words, part of it is probably because there is something going on upstairs that is not all there after all the football that he played. But part of it is, is that there is absolutely no response that is intelligent, that is coherent, that makes any sense, that we haven't done anything at all to address this issue in any meaningful way.
0: And I'm guessing anybody who's listened this far into this show already knows this, but Australia banned assault weapons after an incident like this, and they haven't had a mass shooting in 25 years. New Zealand has a similar record. Scotland has, and the UK have a similar record. Uh, I think the second, since 1998, America has had more than 100 mass shootings. The second on the list among you know, modern democracies is eight in France. Eight. That's number two. In most
1: countries, they have zero or one because they have gun control laws. Well, and here's the other thing, Jim. Like, the, I agree with a lot of people who say that if you put in these gun control laws right now, there's still millions of guns out there. It's gonna, it, it's not going to fix it right away. No, it isn't. But maybe over time, as those laws continue to take into effect and and get some teeth behind them, the the more we go on from beyond this five years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years. 50 years down the road, maybe you can gradually reduce the number of guns in this country and make it very, very difficult for anyone to get any kind of assault rifles um, going forward. And yes, right now there is a proliferation of this kind of weaponry available in the marketplace and out on the streets and all of those things. You are not going to solve this in with one stroke of a pen. It's going to take so such a long time because of how long we have let this linger, but if you don't start now, it's never going to change at all, and it hasn't changed. And it's in fact, it's only gotten worse. We just whatever ten days ago was the Buffalo shooting, and it's the same thing that these people say about. Well, we'll just make it a one door in and one door out for schools, and we're gonna we're gonna put a, a cop in front, an armed cop in front of every school. Hey, there were armed people at at this school in Uvalde how did that work out also you can't find enough cops to to put on the Minneapolis police department right now because of all the staffing issues and and everything that have have gone through there how are you going to find enough police to put in in front of thousands of schools around the country like it's insane like it is like so far beyond any sort of real good faith arguments that it it just boggles my mind. And like, I I've said it before though, like when, when Sandy hook happened and we saw the pictures of those kids on the ground and nothing happened, it's just like, well, we've lost. Like it's, there's no coming back from that. Now here we are again with another elementary school with another 19 kids and the teachers, fourth graders, third graders, second graders, like that couldn't even be identified that you had to swab parents cheeks for DNA to try to match them to their kids and still you're getting the that same exact day you're getting those same talking points from the herschel walkers of the world and others saying this is why we can't do this and that's the cravenness of this that's the ridiculousness of, of this the ridiculousness of this and i'll believe that it's different i'll believe that our leaders actually have any kind of a backbone and any kind of moral integrity and concern for this country as a whole, when they do start changing things, but they're not, they're just not going to do it. And Democrats aren't doing enough to push, force things forward either. Um, and they're just kind of bowing to the dirty tactics of the Republicans and just taking it and saying, woe is us. We've tried. Well, no, you haven't tried hard enough. And so it's just, it's just ridiculous.
0: I want to go back to one point you made, uh, which is that, you know, there's so many guns on the streets already yet, but, the the one thing I will say is that this kid and so many of these people they turn eighteen or they have a yeah. bad thought in their head and they go to Walmart or they go to the local gun store and they get the gun there. They're not going. I mean, there are a lot of guns in our society, no doubt, uh, but it's not like they're trying to go to the local mafia headquarters and talk 100%. them out of into loaning them an AR-15. They're just going to buy an AR-15 and 335 bullets. Just yep. it's just like you know, like 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 it's a gallon of milk. Uh, yep. That you know. So so we do need to stop that. We do need to make it easier to buy an AR fifteen and three hundred seventy five rounds of ammunition than it is to get a driver's
1: license. A hundred percent. Yeah. That that's that's totally it. And and like that's people have responded to me on social media and saying, "Well, you got to look at the root cause of this, and you're not going to change. You, you got to change society's." Uh, views toward violence and immediately when you when you're feeling down turning toward violence and I'm saying no what you have to do is when those people have those violent thoughts it's got to be a hell of a lot harder for them to get their hands on any kind of weapon that can have some sort of mass destruction the way that these assault weapons do and it's got to be impossible for them if they get a baseball bat and go to the local school and start swinging. That's a terrible, horrible thing that nobody wants to see. But is that easier neutralized than someone walking in with uh, with two assault rifles with all of these magazines and all of these bullets? Absolutely, I'll take my chances with that versus um, versus them being able to just walk into yeah a Walmart, a Dick's Sporting Goods, a Shields, whatever it is, and and just buying this weapon and walking out. It's like it is unfathomable to me how people can try and disassociate and say, yeah, but there's always going to be these, these bad guys and they're, they're always going to find a way. No, they're not. And it, and if we make it harder on them, we, we have to at least make them put an effort into going down the, this evil road. And in, right now they have to put zero effort into it other than making sure that they have enough money to purchase what they want to purchase. And 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 to do what they want to do. That's all that it takes is finding the money, mowing lawns, or delivering newspaper, or doing whatever it is to to save up, you know, a thousand bucks or whatever it is that that this guy spent on 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 the bullets and the and the gun and walk in. And that's it. Like that's that's ridiculous. And you cannot tell me that if Vix, this, this kid walked in and tried to buy this and he had some universal background checks and he had to jump through all of these hoops. And guess what? Maybe there's something in there where if an 18-year-old kid is trying to buy two AR-15s and 375 bullets that he gets a knock on the door the next day from some sort of authority saying, what the heck are you doing with this? And is that an infringement on rights? No, it's, it's absolutely keeping us safe. It's making sure that this isn't the next, you know, uh, shooter that's going to go in and end a fourth grader's life. You know, I mean, I saw that um, that video of the of the one uh, first responder who showed up to the school and found a girl covered in blood and it wasn't her blood. And he asked her what it was, you know, after she was OK. And she said, my friend was shot. And and she, he said, what's your friend's name? And the girl, the name that yeah. the girl gave him was his daughter. Like what in the world? And, and oh, by the way, 10 days earlier, he had bought his daughter a cell phone for her 10th birthday because it was the only thing she wanted in the world. They finally caved and and got her the cell phone. She's using that cell phone 10 days later to call the police to come and save her. And these police are so scared of the situation that they're sitting outside of the school and won't go in. Like what? Like, and so now we want to arm teachers. Like, like, what are we doing? You know, like that, all of that stuff is just, there is no person with any sort of empathy or heart or has a kid or knows a kid who could look at these situations and saying, yep, the thing is, is that we got to do, it's not the guns problem. It's a mental health problem. Sure, I'm all for putting all the resources we can into increasing our mental health things, uh, availabilities for people and getting them help that they need. That would be outstanding. I would be all for that. But the biggest thing that separates us from every other place in the civilized world is our people who are going through their mental health issues can get their hands on weapons that can kill 20 people in 30 seconds and no one else can do that. And that's why we're here.
0: That's exactly right. Uh, We were going to talk about some other topics. Today is not the day. We'll go back to having some fun with the show next week, but uh, this is the day we had to talk about this. Um, Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.